Blog Talk Radio. Place for 
HBCUs drafted as well, and possibly just talk about who had the best draft. And I'll be joined shortly by my man Dwayne Nash from the Yard slash HBCU Sports and also Sleazy Radio, that's S-L-Z-E Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. So hopefully he'll be able to join us for that and we'll get it going. Um, until then, it's going to just excuse me, go into a little bit on, on my two cents of, of the draft and starting with the Laramie Tunsil saga. Um, I recently put a like I had a like I wrote a rant for this on, on like a, on my sports blog again. It's ClownTimes.net. Excuse me, TheClownTimes.net, and um, you can check it out there. But I'm just going to just give you a little snippet of what I uh, think about this. I mean, it's this is crazy. I mean, this dude was a first round. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm sorry overall number one pick type talent. Okay, and and you know and, and, and uh, at times. He was like considered the top player in the draft, like like uh, right on like like some of the big boards. Uh, I think Mel Kuyper of ESPN had him like the top overall prospect. But at any rate, I mean the stuff that went on like well, literally the night before the draft, it's just beyond bizarre, dude. Beyond bizarre. First of all, um, I'm sure you guys know about that infamous bong video that he took, I guess what apparently was, I guess, two years ago. And speak of the devil, sort of, here's my man Dwayne Nash is coming, joining us from the glorious D.C. So, what's up, Dwayne? Good to talk to you for a long time. Uh, good to speak to you as well, brother. It has been a long time, and depending upon who you're talking to, yeah, I have some devilish ways. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I know better. I know better. Hey, hey man, I was about to gush in on uh, – uh, like, like basically touch on the Atlantic Tensile saga. Um, uh-huh. So I know I have some thoughts, and I know sure said that you have some thoughts. So oh, yeah. I, I mentioned earlier that this the, the events leading up to the Atlantic Tensile, like, like um, cluster bleep over the weekend. I mean, if Hollywood, if you present a script like that to Hollywood, the stuff that went on in this young brother's life leading up to the draft, they would do two things, as I mentioned earlier. They would laugh at you, A, and B, throw the script on your face and say that's not realistic. So how crazy was this special saga, man? And, I mean, what just what happened with that? I don't know, man. I think it might be crazy enough to make it on the Fox on, on uh, Wednesday nights uh, prior to Empire. It, it was that insane, <laughs> uh, in, in my personal opinion. But... My thoughts on this is this. First and foremost, yeah. brothers, if you're listening, doesn't matter who you are, if you're playing right. any type of sport, junior high, high school, collegiate, right. AAU, rec league, whatever, whatever improprieties you have, whatever vices that you have, stop recording them. Please. I have that was just I mean, that was just insane. Why would you first of all record somebody if you know you're gonna have be a top college athlete? And secondly, even over two years ago, why the hell didn't he delete it? Exactly. This wouldn't have gone on if he had to simply hit the delete button. Oh my god, it was insane. Even worse, Scott, oh. it wouldn't have happened had he not recorded it. If there's no evidence <laughs> it doesn't exist. These are things that I learned in college. I don't know why these dudes 
who have more technology than we did, are recording yeah. every ignorant thing that they're doing. And it's gotten worse. I mean, I'll get back to, to Jeremy Tunsil, but did you see the incident with uh, Ezekiel Elliott and the young lady who decided she wanted to Snapchat for late night yeah. adventures? See, it's, yeah. it's just an ongoing it's situation. Cool. Yeah, Diamond Stone, I don't know if you heard about that situation either. Did you hear about that? <laughs> Yeah, I saw the picture. I mean, it was a nice looking young lady, as a matter of fact. But that's beside the point. The fact exactly. of the is, my man allowed himself to be clowned on on social media. He should these, these cats should know, but these are the millennials, man. I mean, exactly. This is our generation, generation where X, Y, Z, or whatever. I mean, they they should know better than to put themselves. I mean, hell, the stuff that we did in college, man. I'm sure there was social media around. We would not. We probably wouldn't have jobs. Let's put it that way. But, uh, <laughs> we probably wouldn't have jobs right now. This is the crap that we did. But the, but at the same time, you got to know better, especially if you're a professional athlete who's drafted fourth overall by one of the glamorous teams in all professional sports. You got to know exactly. Better. You, you have know, to this know is better. A, this is a young man who, up to about two weeks ago was considered the number one prospect in the NFL draft. And the, the no, thing that, that – yes. I mean, depending on who you yeah, talk to, because, of course, it was between Tunsil. Bosa was, was the number one guy for a little bit, uh, for a couple of weeks right. up until L.A. made the trade for the, for the number one overall pick. But right. this is a guy that was, if not the number one overall uh, 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 prospect, at least top three. And he fell to 13. Yeah. And then the rumors that come out about the situation on how this entire thing transpired with his mother's fiance releasing not only that video, but also the text messages about him asking his coach for money. That entire situation just weird to me as is uh, as well, because of course the report comes out that Tuttle is involved in a domestic dispute situation. If you don't look into right. the situation, all you hear is domestic dispute. All you think automatically is male versus female, not two grown right. men going at it. So for right. this dude who was about probably 45 to go ahead and first and foremost file a domestic dispute case against his fiancé's son and then to release this footage to try to hurt this, why did he wait until he signed his bill first if you're going to sue him? How dumb right. is that? Oh, my God, you want to sue this guy? But you don't even allow him to get a contract first before you get a chance to release the, the, the damaging footage. This big dummy, I swear. But I'm just glad yeah. that, uh, that you know, someone was capable or willing to take a chance on him in the first round, especially the top 15. And hopefully he learns from this. I hope so. I think so. And you know what? The young brother handled it far better than what I could than, 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 uh, than I would have. I mean, because... If someone out there was out to ruin me, I mean, someone out there, dude, to your point, was out to ruin this young brother's career. Yes. And it makes a start this his brother's career. That's how bad this is. I don't know if it was a stepfather. I don't know if it was some dude who he made mad or some chicken made mad. I don't know. Okay? <laughs> People think it's a stepfather. He denies it, but was it smoked as fire? But that's that's one. That's another conversation. The fact of the matter is, I mean, I – I don't know if you remember seeing Tunsil uh, um, like on stage with the sweat beads coming out of his face, his forehead. Yes, it did. And answering all those tough questions. 
he manned up. He owned it and clapped uh-huh. him for having, having some class with that. But, I mean, at the same time, you got to know better. We all done, we all done, done things, but they, we all got to know better. But I had to ask you about this. I had to ask you about the, the, the part where the screenshot conversation of Santo asking an assistant coach for money, or was it the associate director of football at Ole Miss for mm-hmm. like for money for his mama's uh, bill, like uh, utility bill? Uh huh. Why do you think that's going to play in Oxford? I, I say I think Ole Miss is a big trouble because that's a smoking gun. Yes, it uh, is. Of like taking impermissible benefits, quote unquote, from a member of the coaching staff. And people wondered how in the hell Ole Miss was able to secure top ten classes for three straight years. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that people are starting to notice say, Hey, Charles, put two and two together and say, Hey, a lot of stuff may be going on after all. And exactly. you know, the chickens may be coming home to roost. So on a night that's supposed to be a great night for Ole Miss, turned out to be an utterly disaster. I mean, three, three of their guys rate, like drafted in the, in the, in the top 15, at least in the first round, rather. Mm-hmm. Um, what does this leave Ole Miss and your eyes going forward? In, in my eyes, it'll, it'll be under high scrutiny. scrutiny. Wow. So I'll take scrutiny. They'll they, they, they be scrutinized about this entire situation um, and, until it's resolved. Because, of course, you have situations where people believe, and people constantly still say to this day, that Alabama is guilty of, of, of the same thing. Auburn is guilty of the same oh, thing. Sure. You know, Florida sure. has been guilty in the past. That that everybody has their hands in the cookie jar. And, and now it, it's like programs like Ole Miss, Vanderbilt, um, even Mississippi State, they have to do whatever right. they can in order for them to compete because they can't compete right. anymore off a name because these young cats, unfortunately, outside of those states, don't know who these guys are because they're not competing for national championships. Yeah, that's just wild. I mean, I mean, let's, I mean, let's just recap for a minute. Let's, let's just recap. I know they say the whole thing goes, particularly the SEC. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. If it's not cheating, uh-huh. you don't get caught. Okay, I get that. But just look at it, man. I mean, when Hugh Freeze was hired the first year, like remember when he scored Robert? Uh, I can't pronounce his last name. In my life, at the end, he got drafted by the Cardinals. Uh, the Jicky, uh, um, however they have Kim DJ. his last name. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's the first time yeah, I've gotten it right in a week. Kim DJ. Yes. There we go. I still can't get it right. I still can't get it right. <laughs> but, but, but anyway, I mean him, like him, like Larry Tunsil and Landon uh, 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 Laquan Treadwell. I mean, yes. that was his first year. His first year, he landed those young men. And people mm-hmm. are doing it like, what? How did Ole Miss pull this off? I mean, there were rumblings then, there were rumors then, and it looks like it's been substantiated now. I mean, with this smoke a gun about him, like, like a, um, a contributing money, uh, getting money from the staff. And I'm sure that tells us about the only dude who was doing it. So, mm-hmm. again, you know, you got to wonder, and I know the NCAA moves at snail's pace, but you got to wonder how this is going to affect, uh, like, recruiting going forward at Ole Miss. Scott, I'm going to tell you like this, right? I'm, a, I'm going back in time yeah. to my old collegiate days, and I'm pulling out an old-school quote that I heard at one of our step shows. 
Every yeah. time we're not in it, everybody's fighting for second place. Mm. Basically, that's what they're doing. Even with a weak LSU, the way that they've been playing over the past couple of years has not been LSU-like for less miles. Right. I mean, with the way that they've been competing in the early 2000s. For them to play the way that they've been playing recently, it's not the same. Alabama has been Alabama. Florida has been up and down themselves. Then you got LSU who's up and down. And then basically you have everybody else. So technically you're fighting right. for second place or you're, you're fighting for first place in that other division because it's Alabama and Florida that's in the same division. Am I, am I correct? Uh, uh, Alabama and Florida are not. They're in the opposite divisions. Oh. oh, so they're opposite divisions. So, yeah, if you can go yeah. ahead and catch Florida slipping, which they have been in recent years, you're basically fighting potentially for that divisional crown. If not, you're fighting for second place, and you're fighting for another bowl game, and you're potentially fighting for a little bit more money depending upon which bowl game you get into. But, yeah, just right. chances of you beating – Alabama are, are, are slim to none the way it's looked in the past 10, 15 years because they've been one of the most dominant uh, teams in not in just college sports, but in sports, American sports in general. Right. Right. And, so, and to do all so, of that so, just, so, to, just to come in second or third place in your division, I mean, you, you can shoot a little bit harder than that, buddy. <laughs> you can do a little bit better. Right. It, it ain't working. It's like, what's the point? It's like what's exactly. the you know, it's might as well just it's kinda like when Carolina uh had their troubles like during the Bush Davis years and yeah. they still like managed to go to the to the uh reputable independence bowl. So uh, Exactly <laughs> I exactly. Like, get too far. But you know what? It it, it it does become beneficial um when you have three guys drafted in the in the top twenty, top twenty five, it does bring eyes to yeah. your program. But this has been a question that I've been asking for the past couple of weeks anyway, uh, uh, right. especially of, of high school students. What is it that makes you want to go to a particular program? You know, I, I haven't gotten a consistent answer. Is it uh, participate or, or playing for a national title? Is it playing for a conference title? Is it being seen in front of NFL scouts? Is it the institution mm-hmm. themselves? Is it getting away from home? You have multiple reasons why kids want to go to a particular institution. You'll never get anything consistent. But, you know, my my thing has always been scouts are everywhere. I mean, I've yeah. seen them at, at, at Division two games. You know, I've seen pro scouts there. So you have eyes everywhere. So the, the, the thing of you being seen or you being not seen, those things are gone. As a matter of fact, you can be seen on social media. And, yes, they are watching you on social media. Whatever dumb thing you put up there, as well as whatever great thing you put up there, whatever video footage you got, scouts are watching all of that. And they will not pick you up if they catch you with doing some dumb stuff. Once again, kids, I need you to listen to that as well because I've gotten all kind of messages uh, 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 from from scouts saying that exact same thing. We will not bring you onto our program if we see that you're doing something dumb. But with Ole Miss and the kids <laughs> of Ole Miss, I, I'm hoping – that, you know, this actually helps them get guys in on the legit. But I don't know. I don't know because, like I said before, all you're necessarily doing is competing for second or third place in, in that, what's that, the, yeah. the Western Division? That's all you're doing. Yeah, and and it's, 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 you know, 
So it is what it is, brother. It is what it is. So speaking of speaking of uh, uh, um, you know players being drafted, uh, how about the HBCU representation, particularly? A couple of cats I want to bring attention to. Javon Hargrave, who got drafted from South Carolina State to Pittsburgh, and Ryan Smith, mm-hmm. Central, who got drafted to Tampa. Uh, Hargrave was drafted in the third round. Uh, Smith was drafted in the fourth round. And those are two highly regarded players. And I love the measurables of these two young brothers, particularly on Hargrave, who had 37 and a half sacks in four seasons. Yes, I don't sir. care what, the, what level you're playing on, that's over nine sacks a season. Exactly. You average it out. I mean, exactly. That's pretty damn good. Nine sacks a season. That that that's good. That's good. And 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 and, and, and apparently he got good like rave reviews during his senior bowl and at the combine. So what are your feelings oh, yes. as the HBC as a fellow HBCU graduate and one who runs the sports like like, like that caters to HBCU sports? How proud does that make you? And it makes me proud as hell to see that. But what, how proud does it make you? It makes me feel good, like I said before, and I keep trying to tell these kids, uh, or, or even uh, some alumni who say that, you know, when it comes to recruiting these kids, that they don't want to come to HBCUs because they won't be seen. That's a lie. That is a farce. Guys are out there watching, mm-hmm. and, and they're always watching. Like you said, uh, mm-hmm. my main man, one, one of the favorite guys that I have, that, that that analyzes players and, and, and comes up with draft boards. Mike Mayock said during the NFL Combine that, you know, uh, Hargrove uh, is a stud. You know, he, he, he loved, you know, his lower body and the power that he possesses in that lower body and his ability to, 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 to push O-linemen. Now, I will say this. With everyone saying that this was a very deep draft for a defensive lineman, I started to become right. a little concerned when Ashawn Robinson – and and Jaron Reed started to drop, especially when they dropped out of the first round, and they gave uh, uh, Javon a second, a third to fifth round grade in terms of where he would be selected. When they started to drop, mm-hmm. I was thinking that it's a possibility he may go four to six. But the Pittsburgh Steelers who, who needed help on that D line because they they had holes yes, in terms do. of stopping the run. Yes, we They're going to get them a guy. <laughs> That's going to be a a, a a a a big wall in terms of stopping the run in, in a division that runs the ball a lot. Um, also with yeah. Brian Smith, I will say this now. I, I said it via Twitter. I let him know. Thank God, I congratulate you. Number one, as an HBCU guy. Number two, with me being a native Washingtonian, and with him being from close by Upper Marlboro. I love to see these young guys make it do good. I love it. Yes, yes. But thank too. God I no longer see that. What's that? No, 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 no. Go ahead. You, you, uh, you, you go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. But, yeah, like I said, I just love it to see these young guys from the D.C. area, especially those that have attended HBCUs, do great. Right. But with him being a North Carolina Central Eagle, I thank God I don't have to see this cat anymore the third week in November. I swear <laughs> to you. Because this dude, oh, my God, he has put up some great games, especially in the past two seasons, where the Aggies needed wins in order to take sole possession of the conference title, only to right. lose to these guys two consecutive years 
and this guy has played fantastically. Well, that's not even a word, but with uh, Jesse Jackson yeah, also being the Aggie, I'm making up words. He make up words. So what? Fantastically. Right. There you go. You heard it here first. Um, there you go. Smith has played phenomenal ball. He has the size of, of that, that the pro scouts are, are looking for, the length that they're looking for. Um, he had a, a great year. I can't remember exactly how many picks he had in the past season. I think it was somewhere between five and seven. But he put up some decent numbers in terms of, uh, 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 of interceptions. And he is going to be a talent for Tampa Bay in a situation where they needed help in the secondary as well. Um, I, I knew that um, going into the draft, outside of um, what's the outside of Vernon, and kind of forget who the other guy is that they they had, but they also uh, selected um, uh, William Hargrove to third out of Florida, and with bringing okay. in Ryan Smith. That that actually brings in more depth depth to a team that's going to need to defend the pass extremely well in that NFC South with the Carolina Panthers, the the Atlanta Falcons, and the New Orleans Saints that they have to face twice a year. So mm-hmm. that that just makes it great for them. And also, let's not forget about uh, Tamarick Hemingway from South Carolina State, who was picked up in the sixth round by the Los Angeles Rams a team who needed help on the offensive side of the ball, they're going to go ahead and get them a big tight end, potentially a big target for golf to pass to. Mm. Yeah. So, basically, so what do you know off the top of your head, the tally of, of your brothers from HBCUs being drafted? Um, this past year, it was just the three. Okay. Just those three guys? Okay, gotcha. gotcha. Yes. And, and, but, and interestingly for this – I was going to say, interestingly for the Steelers, this is the yeah. first year yeah. since 1996 that they've actually drafted HBCU guys from that squad. Really? Wow. wow. Yes. And those two yeah, picks that year. Uh, Jermaine. Yeah, Jermaine, what's his last name from A&T way back when? Jermaine Stevens, that's one. Yeah. And yeah. let me see if you can remember who the other guy is. Because it was basically uh, a tale of two cities. <laughs> Uh, let's see. I think uh, they drafted Mel Blunt in the seventies uh, uh-huh. from um, from Grambling. No, it was Grambling yeah. Southern. From okay. Southern. Southern, yeah, Southern, yeah. So there you go. I know my. But I know the other guy man. was Earl Holmes. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, the, from uh, from FAMU, from FAMU, of course, from FAMU. Yeah, yeah. And, that's why that was a tale and, of two cities. And, Hey, Greg Lloyd. Greg Lloyd from Fort Valley State. Don't forget about him. Yeah, but he wasn't in 96. But I think he was a year or two before. But oh, okay, yeah, gotcha, that, gotcha, gotcha. The reason why I tell the tale of two cities, uh, Jermaine Stevens is highly thought of as probably being one of the worst first-round picks by the Steelers ever, while yeah. Earl, Hol- Earl uh, Holmes was a pro bowler. So you, you got right. both of them in the same draft. And you know what? Here's a quick trivia fact for you. If the if if we would if the Steelers would have held on, if we actually if Neil Don didn't throw us to an interception and played catch with Larry Brown and won the Super Bowl, uh-huh. Earl Holmes may have been named the MVP because he had uh, 11 tackles in that game. Or what? Or was Lavon Kirkland? I probably I think I got confused with Lavon Kirkland. But uh. scratch that. My bad. <laughs> I tried to get cute with you on, on, on the trivia. I ended up messing myself up. 
So yards per carry isn't their issue. And when you're talking about a situation, and also uh, 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 time of possession wasn't an issue. They only had the ball, I I guess they had the ball like maybe a a minute or two less than they did when they went 12-4. and So time of possession and yards per carry is not the problem with this team. It's them being able to stop somebody. And with them not getting anybody on the defensive side of the ball that can help out immediately, because I thought that Miles Jack pick was interesting. This dude who you know can't play this year coming up, what are you doing? I mean, I understand you may be trying to set yourself up for the future, but what if this dude never pans out? What if he never comes back healthy? Then what? I can tell you why. I can tell you why Dallas made the picks that they did. It's headlines. Jerry Jones is always interested in one thing and one thing on. Sure, he wants to win. I'm sure he wants to win. But he's yeah. interested in headlines. Interested in headlines. I mean, I think Ezekiel L.A. is a stud. I think he's going to do well behind the offensive line. They just can't That's stop why. They don't have anybody who can stop anybody. And, you know, the thing is that, I mean, who I mean, who, who else would draft a guy? I know this is a little broad humor, but who else would draft, who draft a young man, albeit in chess? Just in the half in the hopper top underneath a tuxedo for draft night. I had to laugh at that. I had to laugh oh. at that. But be it as it may, I, I personally love what the Jaguars did. I love what the Vikings did. I mean, yes. I think the Jaguars dude is going to be a player in the next in the, in the next couple of years. They drafted Jalen Ramsey. Ramsey, uh, yes. Yeah, they drafted Jalen Ramsey. Is going to be a final five stud. And how about uh, you know to like to go with uh, Dante Fowler, uh, you know who's going to be who, who this year is going to be a rookie season because yes. the last year he missed all year with the last year was with, with an injury. And the same thing uh-huh. with Miles Jack. I think Miles Jack, even though he has concern about his knee, when he's playing, man, Jack is a baller. He's a bona fide baller. So hopefully he'll get healthy enough for like for for next season. Well, not this coming season, but the following season. And I like what the Vikings did and drafted um, uh, Laquan Treadmill, uh, Treadwell, just to give him some help to give um, exactly. Uh, yeah, I was going to. I completely uh, forgot that they drafted Treadwell because if yeah. you saw them in that playoff game against Seattle, they needed somebody they could go to in order to score, and Treadwell helps them right. out with uh, getting somebody opposite. Of uh of, of Diggs over there on the other side. Yeah, Diggs was balling last year. He balled his butt off last year. I like Diggs, and I think that's a good pairing. And last but not least, how about that pickup of uh McKenzie Alexander in the second round? Um, yes. Right from Minnesota. Uh, I, I think it was second or third round. I think it was second round. You know, I love that pick, and I wanted my series to draft McKenzie Alexander ahead of um. Already burns, but you know I think I think Buffalo passed uh, pretty well, so we'll see. Like once again, it's too damn early, but those are my early ones that really stuck out, and hopefully all these guys will pan out. But even though we know that's not be the case, but hopefully these guys will pan out. So we'll see. We'll see about the skins too. We'll see about them yeah. as well. But uh, yeah, like I said, it's 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 early. But one thing I did today, and thanks to 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 uh, to the internet. And the technology, what we can now do yes. is we can go back and look at these grades that, that teams were given during their drafts. So you know what I did today? Because my thing has always yes, been you, you give a draft class four years, and then you could go ahead and finally evaluate that class. 
Four years in, right. I went back to the to the 12, 2012 draft class grades that people gave to the NFL teams back then and kind of compared what they were saying then to what actually happened. And I tell you, it's rather interesting. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting and it's hilarious. I'll post, them, I'll post them all. Yes, please, because that's, that's something to, that's worth to take, like, definitely taking a look at because that's why you can never, ever predict these drafts. They're such a crapshoot. I mean, you use yes. that level no, but, again, it's one of those things for clickbait and, you know, drive traffic and people who don't have too much, who don't have enough time on their hands to actually get involved with. So, but, yeah, please, please post that so we can all ch- check it out. And, that, and, and I'll do the same. I'll, I'll definitely do the same. Um, so we'll see about that. Hey, man, thanks a lot for joining me, man. I was so short, short notes. I appreciate it. Uh, Not stay, a problem. Stay dry up there. And, you know, hopefully we'll talk – well, actually, not hopefully. I know we'll talk more again during training camp and whatnot, leading up to both the college and pro football season. So, be cool, man. I'll try my <laughs> best. Cool. I'll tell you now, I've already been caught in this storm. Uh, so, yeah. I'll just have to go somewhere and dry off soon. And rest in peace, Prince. Right. I, I know I haven't spoken to you since yes. his passing. It's it's a big yeah. loss for me, man, being a big fan of, of his and, 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 and the way that he's affected the sports world, man, I had to get that out there. Well, I mean, let, let me just say one more thing. Speaking of Prince, I played a, I'm, I'm doing, playing a lot of Prince songs at the intro the rest of the next couple of months and a tribute to a personal tribute. And, I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, you pretty much, like, you ask the question, what were you doing when, X happened. When mm-hmm. I heard that Prince passed, I was on my way to the Cincinnati Zoo to renew my season passes. And I remember, I mean, it was on a sports talk show, like no less. I called it a mm-hmm. sports talk show. It's sports talk show. And when he said, and it's, it's, it's like, like a, when he interrupted himself, the host said, in mid-sentence saying, breaking news, TMZ announced that Prince is dead at the age of 57. I literally screamed, no, 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 so loud. <laughs> just saying, exactly. Just, just saying on the way to pick up, like, to the season passes. Oh, oh, that breaks my heart. I mean, that's just, I mean, my whole childhood just, I mean, just tough thoughts as far as, like, like, for my childhood just going away, man. It's, it's just not right. And 2016, you got to do better. You got to do better than that, 2016, so. <laughs> we'll keep the faith and just hold, hold Prince next to, our, next to our hearts. So, But thanks a lot for, for, like, for bringing that up, and thanks for joining me, man. I appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me, as always. You got it, brother. All right, you take it easy. All right, peace. That's my man, Dwayne Nash, breaking down uh, the, um, the NFL draft and whatnot. Talk about Larry Tunso. Uh, it's been a crazy, it's been, it's been, it's been crazy, man. It's been a crazy, um, it's been a crazy, uh, weekend and it's been a crazy week with Prince passing and everything. But at any rate, um, thank y'all for joining me. This is Scott Burks, uh, with the clown hour and hope y'all stay, stay dry. I know storms happening across the country and enjoy the NBA playoffs. Take care now. Peace out.